Mac Football Pod. Caleb, I have two statements uh, that I need to make. The first one is, of course, uh, fuck the Toledo Blade. <laughs> the blocks, you mean? Yeah. I mean, it's an evergreen statement to make, but especially after the news that we saw uh, this past week with a former Mac writer, Nick Petrovich, Mac guy himself, Mac grad, just... I mean, I'm not going to go into, you know, he said what he had to say online. If you're, if you're curious enough, go check out his post, but it's just a shitty situation and fuck the Toledo blade. Number two, um, this isn't really a statement. Well, this is going to be an entryway into the statement I want to make later. Uh, I don't, I'm not taking any joy in all this conference realignment stuff going on right now. Like, I don't know who got like a conference realignment boner out of reading the Americans poaching six more teams or four more teams or whatever the number was out of the CUSA uh, because, because Texas and Oklahoma just did what they did a couple months ago. Like that isn't good for football. That that's this, this sucks. Like all of this, like conference realignment between conference realignment and all the coaching stuff going on, like the positions opening up, you know, Couple guys, uh, Coach O and Urban Meyer, more recently are being talked about acting like a fool in the streets with the ladies. None of this is good for college football, especially when we're in the middle of one of the best seasons, like probably ever. Like, this is an incredibly exciting college football season. And with all of this stupid non football stuff, with you know, football coaches, you know, doing their thing with Coach O and Urban Meyer, like I said, with conference realignment and with fewer newspapers out there in the streets covering this stuff, we are not talking about football that much. And that is an incredibly depressing thing for me to uh, open this show with. But I just want to let you know that I'm pretty upset with the way college football has gone in 2021 because of non-college football reasons. But if we are want to enjoy college football for what it is 2021 has been awesome but the coverage has just not been reciprocating what we've seen on the field nationwide Caleb how are you feeling now exhausted I'm at wit's end for my own high school football season and uh, as much as I'd prefer to be playing in the playoffs we are a losing football team currently No, I'm so in sorry. The North Shore, the North Shore uh, community, north of Chicago. And, uh, yeah, just exhausted. I'm so I sorry, am, man. This is actually the first I heard that. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Uh, we'll say that it is going to be nice to be able to go home from school a few times a week and, like, do nothing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or, or catch up on some, like, needed things. Like cleaning my room, maybe. Or doing the bill stuff I have to do would be nice but uh would much rather be playing in the postseason i feel but, like uh, like this this year for you like on a personal level has been like the most like like this is the most time you spent coaching in any year i've known you ever since you were like an assistant when you were like still a college student so yeah. i kind of want to hear like you know thumbs up thumbs down you know what's you know how do you feel about uh your first year as like actually a coach man i don't know 
Like I did it two years in college, and that was volunteer. And I was still there. Like I was, I was at the field like fifteen, sixteen hours a week, mm-hmm. probably. Um, and then helping with like the JV and stuff as well, and fucking coaching against Joe Burrow of all people. <laughs> um, and. Now, up here, I, I coached in the spring because Illinois pushed their football, fall 2020 football season to spring 2021. And then now where I'm in my second season with them, even though I've really only been with them since, like, the spring. So it's a weird, weird time. The kids got a full year. We haven't missed any games. Not on wood. It doesn't happen in the last game. Uh, well, we did miss games in the spring. We missed two, our last two regular season games in the spring because of the COVID, but um, I don't know. That's uh, I'm just tired, man. If I don't know if if, if people listening to this, the those ardent and wonderful listeners, uh, can tell, very tired. Uh, Is this like we're recording like an hour later than we normally do? Is this like past your normal bedtime for this time of week? One hundred percent. I am asleep at this time. Four days of school week, probably. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So I I should be sensitive uh, to your time and like not bullshit around and bring things up like uh, Marshall. We shouldn't talk about Marshall at all. If I could have, yeah, let's not talk about Marshall. No, I don't want to talk about Marshall. I don't care. We can talk about how James Madison should be on the Mac. No, I'm not even going to talk about that because they're going to. That's only something that only I am very passionate about. And I don't even have the facts behind it. I just like to say I like their colors and I like their sports. They should be in the Mac and that's it. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, 2012, we probably would have been like more passionately for James Madison to the Mac. I've never stopped wanting it. Never. Me. <laughs> I need it. Hey, man, I like JMU, but, you know, I like lots of things. Um, week seven happened. Week eight's coming up. I don't really know where we want to go with this because we're not like trying to hit on every single nail on the head however i do want to like fill in some holes this episode and talk about a few names that i have listed on my screen you don't know all the names on here i gave you a teaser before we hit record on this thing uh, but caleb you know knowing what you know about the mac uh what's on your mind like generally just like what's on your mind and you can't say i tried telling you guys so about toledo you can't say that. Sorry. I don't have to because Toledo sucks. Uh, it's just that the league is fucking chaos again. And like there's a couple of results. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. But other stuff you're just like, oh, here's a guy that 99% of people who even care about the Mac don't know. And he rushes for X money yards. Or here's a guy that no one's ever heard. And he's like top three in the Mac and sex. Mm hmm. Like I don't know who's that guy. I don't know who he is. Like if you, yeah, if you, if you brave idiots are listening to the end of these episodes, uh, one, I love you for it. Two, you would know that Devon Ferguson is up there and like tackles for loss in this conference. You don't know who he is because he was a transfer cornerback from Kansas. Whatever, man. To Bowling Green. Yes, that's you know that's that's a thing, and you know teams that are. You just, you, like, your mind is changing about the team every week. 
And I don't know whether to constantly keep changing my mind about teams or to just not form any opinions. <laughs> it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's a right answer. Because Buffalo, I was ready to completely – I went from Buffalo's going to write the ship to Buffalo's season is going to be a disaster to Buffalo's going to write the ship in the span of like an hour. So there's that. Buffalo will run at you. Buffalo, like, 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 you know the way these teams are going to move, but you just don't know what that scoreboard's going to read after sixty minutes of uh, whatever storm we're forcing upon ourselves every week with these teams. It feels like literally any team is going to beat any team any week, and that includes Bowling Green. Honest to God, because Bowling Green has a win over Minnesota. Bowling Green is playing down to its you know competition again in the MAC, but you know what? They are more capable. It's still not pretty, but they're more capable. So honestly, any given week, I'm not. I, I just kick me if I say they can't beat them, or there's one zero percent chance of them losing. Because honestly, this league's stupid as shit. Anybody can beat anybody, and it's fucking organized nonsense. Like that's that's the biggest thing I've got right now from this league. Can anybody beat anybody? All right, let's all right, let's put this to uh, a test that uh, there's no proving right or wrong. And I'm going to list some games that we're not going to have this season. Um, All right, I'm going to list. Let's see. Let me make sure that this one is good first before I say it out loud. Okay, who would win in a game? Uh, NIU or Akron? One of them. One of them would you, win. You got to pick a winner right now. They both can win. I'm picking NIU, dude. They're the fucking team that's undefeated, but Akron can still beat them. EMU versus Ohio. Either one of them could win. I would pick Ohio because they've already done that. They're not going to do that. No. Yeah, I'd pick Ohio. Um, Let's go. Do, 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 do. I pick Ohio because I'm a fucking homer. <laughs> this is true. This is true. You are a fucking homer. Bowling Green versus Central Michigan. Bowling Green because Central <gasps> Michigan is to, because Central Michigan started to piss me off. Yeah. What, what's what's, <laughs> what's upset you most about them besides uh, Jacob Sermon being a wasted draft pick now? Which well, sucks most, because we it's, were gonna it's mostly that. <laughs> we were going to do like a podcast episode on one of the weeks that we uh, just conveniently just uh, took off. Yeah, and well, it was going to be about like our fantasy update. Now that we were going to be like, oh my god, Jacob Sermon's a good pick. Next thing you know, Daniel Richardson's doing pretty well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> His place. It's, it's more like they have so much potential, and it feels like they're wasting it because it feels like McAway's not doing a very good job coaching. But they're still four and three and two and one in the MAC. They still found a way to. Almost give away the game against Toledo. Still won, mm-hmm. and I'm still and I'm still looking at them like you could still win the whole damn thing. But right now, it does not feel like they're trending in that direction. But again, having any type of concrete definitiveness about any of my Mac opinions feels like an exercise in futility at this point. So why ha- why bother? Exactly. Why bother? Why bother with any of this? <laughs> uh, Western Michigan versus Miami. Lordy. Yeah, I don't Western. want to think about that, but probably Western. Probably Western. I would give them. Western, like two, I would give. I would give them two or three scores on that one. Miami's not playing at like good Miami levels. Miami's just playing at 
I don't know, the worst version of good under Chuck Martin. Right? I just respect Miami at this point. Honestly, they like we refuse to let any one ball carrier be a star. Also, we will hand the ball to 15 different players a game, no matter how old you are, no matter how experienced you are. You will get a chance to run the ball <laughs> if you're on our roster. Seriously, yeah. Back. All of you are going to get a chance, yeah. Um, Every one of you. <laughs> oh, I hear that static now. Oh, that sounds really terrible. Um, yeah, I'm keeping all that in. Sorry about your ears. Like okay. I said, I have a few names on here. I'm just going to just list off a player right now, and we're just going to like talk about them as we get through this thing. And then after we're done talking about this last episode... Uh, you're not going to hear from us again until the next time you hear from us. Wow. Uh, yeah, you ready for this? Sure. Daniel Richardson, who has taken Ooh. over, uh, like we just said, at quarterback for Central Michigan over the past few games. So um, last week we brought this up that I forgot that I had a scheduled tweet go out about two Elite 11 quarterbacks gearing up to compete against each other at Kelly Shorts. What ended up happening is that the QB2s from the start of the year were starting in their quarterbacks' places. Not because they're, like, out with injuries. And I believe, like, Jacob Sermon's probably gotten his ass beat plenty of times. Like, how many sacks did he take in, in September? Like, Jesus Christ. Um, but still, like, they, you know, the other quarterbacks were there. They were ready to play. Uh, Daniel Richardson was representing Central. And, of course, Daquan Finn was representing Toledo. In front of the aforementioned Elite 11 finalists from uh, like 2017, Carter Bradley and Jacob Sermon. Pretty, <laughs> just did not see that one coming at all. Um, but it was fun to, uh, fun for me to, to, to see. That said, Daniel Richardson's playing way better than I expected him to. I did not think very highly of his potential especially this you, year you really did not no i did like, not like what i saw yeah, out of him in um, 2020 just didn't yeah. but hey you know i love being proven wrong this shit's awesome i mean there still really wasn't that much about the toledo game where he was all that good mm-hmm. like they're piling up yards here and there and touchdowns are coming but he wasn't all that impressive i'll tell you what's impressive though uh we think very highly of caleb Bellaby who has 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. And Daniel Richardson, who has thrown 57 fewer passes this year, has an 11 touchdown and two interception clip. Yeah, just I saying, mean, just saying. But they, the production they're getting out of Richardson relative to how much he's throwing the ball. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's percentage-wise, he's not as good. He's completing like he's averaging like five yards a he averaged five yards of pass against Toledo, which is like, that's like NIU numbers. Yeah. Except NIU was. For the year, he's third, though, in the Mac. 8.4 for Ellaby, 8.2 for Ben Bryant, 8.1 for Richardson. So he's in yeah. the neighborhood. But, I mean, hey. Just At least Toledo's defense is good. Hey, he's way better than I thought he'd be, though. That's all I'm saying. Maybe. And I and I listed off three quarterbacks, and none of them were listed. Dust were uh, were Dustin Crumb. Uh, number two, uh, this guy. I hadn't heard of this player's name until uh, I was just like clicking through, you know, some of the stats of the Mid American Conference, seeing like who's leading what. 
Kanata Mumfield? Do you know who the hell that is? Uh, he's the wide receiver from uh, Akron, right? Yeah, nice. You did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Zach Gibson has been getting some help this year, so. Okay. Uh, um, here's the answer to a question I have for you. Um, the question was going to be, uh, who's the team in the MAC that you've watched the least this year? My answer for that question is Akron. Because, one, I didn't know who Kanata Mumfield is. And also, number one, I didn't know that Zach Gibson was playing again. Yeah. I didn't know that. We talked about this last episode. Yeah, but I didn't know that he was going to play after that. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that that was just like like a little thing. He's been productive. He sparked them in relief against uh, Bowling Green. They struggled really early in the game against Bowling Green, and Gibson gave him the spark. Love to hear that. Good for him. Uh, Kanata Mumfield, uh, good for him, though. He's a freshman wide receiver that is tied for the, 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 the conference lead in receiving touchdowns with six. That's good. Tied with Dale Stixon, tied with your boy Ja'Cory Sullivan. Is that good? That's that's pretty good. And Sullivan didn't even I don't think Sullivan even played this week. He uh didn't register <clears> any stats, so Yeah, five games. Daquan Finn. Quarterback I just mentioned not too long ago. But I mean Toledo made that switch and they had to because they have had too many games, too many drives, too many halves where they just didn't put the ball in the rectangle, in the magic rectangle. It is. And Daquan Finn has, you know, more to his skill set than Carter Bradley, which is his legs. And Daquan Finn, I'm sorry, but he's shown that he can, you know, throw the deep ball to his very talented receivers. So why not? Uh, Still ended up in a loss when he shouldn't have, but hey. They suck most of the game. He's a guy that I've hyped up previously to you. And you're like, dude, I don't even know who he is. And I'm like, hey, he's good. He's from Detroit. And he was originally committed to Central. That's another thing that I should have mentioned earlier in that game. Uh, until, like, MAC Championship Week when Toledo wasn't involved, of course. Uh, and he flipped his commitment to Toledo. So I'm happy for him because I thought he could have, like, left and found success via transfer portal somewhere else. And he's sticking it out in Toledo. Obviously, you know, would like to have more wins under his belt. But hey, he's getting playing time as a redshirt freshman, and he's beating out, you know, one of the elite eleven kids for it too. But also, have you considered uh, Toledo's really bad at offense? Yeah, there's that. Like, like he's got really like, bad. Yeah. No. Yeah. A- absolutely. Like, it's not a complete. You know. You know, the fix isn't totally there. It's not what's totally what, there, but. Let's re- let's revisit something for your second here. Toledo. Field goal attempt on its first drive against Central. Didn't make it. Whatever, it's fine. You move the ball a little bit. Punt. Field goal. Punt. Turnover on downs. Punt. Field goal. Punt. Touchdown. Field goal. Punt. Field goal. And then they scored a few touchdowns. It's like, good for them. They figured it out when they were down 20 what 23 to 3 or was it 20 to 3 whatever either way this is the uh, this is the team with all the talent that we're that's supposed to have it figured out supposed to be as good as anybody in the west this year 
They have the best defense they've ever had under Candle at this point. That's mm -hmm. at least how it looks. Yeah. And this is what they're doing. It's bad. Comeback or not, and almost pulling off comeback against Central, it's bad. It shouldn't have had to like come down to a comeback either. I'm with you. And Central's not a bad team. But the the results on the field are piss poor from Toledo right now. Armani Rogers. I didn't see it because it would have involved me watching an Akron game. Oh no, that was a few weeks ago. Yeah. No, I didn't know. Oh yeah, I was I was I was driving. That's why I didn't watch the Buffalo game. <laughs> but apparently he had like a ninety nine yard touchdown run. Yeah. That's insane. That's awesome. Long, longest for an FBS quarterback in history. Ever. Ever. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Ohio saw a 21-point lead. That's amazing. That never happened under the other quarterback. True. Uh, tell me about this Armani Rogers guy, who we all know is a UNLV transfer from uh, last year. Well, like, dude, he was the type of guy who had like the, the potential when he was at UNLV, and it didn't really pan out for any one of several reasons from the sounds of it. Um, the fact that he wasn't given the chance to like run with the reins right from the get-go tells me he either had a very bad camp when he first got to Ohio or they were trying to get lightning in a bottle with Rourke too, with young baby Rourke. And Rourke never really demonstrated that like he could lead a proficient offense. So I don't know why they didn't go to Rogers earlier. And now that they have, they seem very committed to him. Well, I don't know what I, I, I would have to like, go back and look at some other stats, but uh, all, I, all I have in front of me right now is the, the box score from this past weekend. I think... Ran the ball a lot. Remember how I... Yeah. Remember how I like said that if Eastern was going to have to go to Ben Bryant, they'd have to be committing to an air raid game? And, you know, to his credit, like he's thrown over 40 attempts over the past yeah. four games 40, each. So. 48 this past week. Yeah, so they're, they are committing to it. Um, I think the scare with Rodgers is probably that he ran the ball 22 times and had six completions passing off 10 attempts. And that's what you'd have to be committing to. I don't know yeah. if Rodgers is just probably just not the thrower. Um, but when your whole team is designed about designed around running the damn ball. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'm with you. Yeah. Play to your strengths. Also, Dylan McDuffie in that game. Hell yeah, man. Love that kid. Happy for him. 143 yards. That's awesome. Keon Mose. Do you know why I put him on this list? Because somebody from Miami has to run the ball at some point? Yeah, somebody has to. That is true. That is true. Somebody has to. But they don't know who. Um, I was looking at, and I'm going to do it in front of me too, the rushing stats. So I was trying to look at, okay, you know, who's getting like the most attempts per game? I saw Lou Nichols was up there. Kevin Marks is up there. Okay, a bunch of that makes sense. And a Miami name didn't come up until Kayon Mose, um, who probably shouldn't be getting the lion's care of the sherry. Lion's share of the carries. <laughs> lion's share of the carries. Oh, my goodness. That sounds man. like an that, ice cream flavor. That was <laughs> keeping it. Uh, Bester should be the team's leading rusher. Like, that was generally accepted. He didn't get to play, a, like, last year with injury. And that's a lot of the same of what's going on this year. He's averaging, Mose, 9.7 attempts per game. As in, mm -hmm. Miami's not trusting really anybody 
even 10 times a game to carry the ball. And they're doing that with a QB2 and a defense that just isn't playing up to its billing, especially like uh, defending chunk plays through the air. And so it's just, ugh. you know, and Mose, you know, he could be doing, he's, he's doing okay though. Like the, the Kansas State transfer, uh, freshman, 68 carries, 310 yards, four and a half yards per carry, two touchdowns, blah, 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 blah. Um, a lot of the reasons why Miami's not doing well, I pointed out earlier, is the defense. They also just still don't have that rushing identity. They have the identity that they want to like hand the ball off every once in a while and have running backs that they trust. But none of the running backs, and I shouldn't say none, that's hyperbole, but like not too much of an exaggeration when I say none of the running backs over time have like totally panned out the way they wanted to. Yeah, and you know, they're going to look at this game against Akron and they're going to be like, okay, we can build off that. It's like Statistically, it was a very good performance. Uh, just it was split between a lot of guys. Um, if you're giving the ball to 10 different guys on the ground against what Toledo or uh, maybe Western or Buffalo, I don't know. Um, probably not going to run the ball for 240 yards. And if your stats are like Jalen Bester ran the ball six times for 17 yards and your other guy ran the ball eight times for. 22 yards like you're not beat you're not beating anybody Mm-mm. especially with Gabbard out and, May- and Mayer had a good game he was fine um didn't throw an interception he had three touchdown passes Jack Sorensen's still amazing maybe you hand the ball to Sorensen four or five times in the game yeah. at this point because fuck it uh I don't still have a strong feeling about Miami we, we, we both agree that they're not the same thing defensively as they have been but you know losing record overall they're sitting at a winning record in the conference and there's nothing really keeping them from winning the East if they start playing better. Who do they play this week? I think they're just going to like win based on everything we just said, which is no, none of it was great. Oh, they play Ball State. Yeah, they're going to win. Um, sure, in Munce- in Muncie? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely happening. Um, they haven't played that win. Like They haven't played that good, right? Right. Okay, they're definitely winning. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sure. If we've learned anything this year, it's that we haven't learned anything. Stop trying to sound smart, idiots. Uh, we generally, like over the offseason, kind of like painted with broad strokes about like the freshman thing about, you know, yes, there's 88 of them. You have been defiant in reminding everybody that. But there's a lot of third year freshmen on there. Yeah, but they're like still 19 or 20 years old. Um one of those is James Esther. And I just had to pick somebody. I just had to pick somebody. And it just had to be the defensive tackle that wears number one for uh, NIU. But in his own right, he's been holding down his own job out there as a third-year freshman. Um, has he's not, But he's not, like, totally killing it, though. I don't want to, like, say, like, oh, he's just, like, the, ne- the next best thing, blah, blah, blah. He's a very young freshman that's like holding his own right now, and it's a very long season for this very young roster. And I, I'm very, very interested to see how much this roster holds up on the back end of the schedule, especially right here in the trenches, lined up over the center. Um, and I use defense; it's not playing up to the billing that it needs to. It's 11th in the MAC in yards per play given up and in tackles for loss with 6.3 and 29, respectively. Um, 
Esther's got a couple tackles for loss this year. He's got 12 tackles total, I believe. Um, And he's generally a pretty good athlete. He's like at the level that he should be right now. So I'm rooting for him specifically to like, you know, step it up and like make some plays, you know, in clutch moments in Mac West play. Yeah. And, and there's the last part you said is that in Mac West play, what are they doing? Defensively, their league's better than they were in the non-conference play on the defensive side of the ball. So if you look at the cumulative stats, you're like, oh, wow. So NA hasn't been that good defensively. It's like, yeah, non-conference, they were shit. In conference play, they're fine. And James Esther is a big part of it. He's had the chance to play games in uh, three different seasons already. And he's still got the distinction of being considered a young and experienced player of sorts. But he's a big athletic dude. They loved him when he got onto campus. They loved him before he got on campus, honestly. And he's one of a number of guys that, you know, are doing some really good things. And so he doesn't have a ton of tackles, but um, he's got a couple of sacks. He's had the chance to, you know, just make his name, make himself felt and heard from out there. Uh, CJ Brown, who got a safety slash backer, who's, he plays one of those hybrid type roles for NIU, who's leading him in tackles. He's another young player. Um, there's young guys all over that defense. Yes, they're young. They're, they do the thing. They do. They they succeed with young players on the field. They aren't gonna rack up eight sacks a game like the team did a few years ago. They aren't intercepting four passes a game. But you know they're knocking down balls in the air, like contested balls. They're forcing a few fumbles here and there, and teams are not scoring more than like 25, 26 points. And somehow. This, like, we're going to run the ball 80% of the time. NIU team is like, oh, yeah, this this works for us. We can do this. We'll do this all day. Absolutely. Throw the ball eight times and run the ball 50 times? Sold. Whole team's under 30? Great. We're going to win. And so there's nothing stopping NIU from going, like, seven and one. But there's also nothing that they could very easily, like, lose for the next five or something like that. I remember, I like, think- oh, I'm sorry. It's just neither of them seem neither ideas neither idea seems far fetched to me. I remember like one of the notes that like I verbalized over the off season uh, about NIU is like the conversation was like something about like when will NIU get right and how will it look sort of deal, and yeah. I thought defensively it would come through like defensive backs first would like kind of be a staple and then like they'd like grow, you know in the box like it'd take like another year or so um i guess if like james Esther is like having like the career that he had where like he got playing time in 2019 as a true freshman but uh was within the four that was allowed to keep him like as redshirt eligible heading into 2020 blah 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 still played now he's playing this year if he got the same like playing time and all that stuff like 10 years ago we'd be talking about him as a true junior you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just kind of like funny that like we're like we kind of like caught ourselves. I shouldn't say we, but you know what I mean? Like this mindset was like still something to be caught in. Um, but it's players like him and others along the defensive line that like have made a few plays every once in a while, which is like kind of nice. Again, they're not leading the Mac or even in the top half in tackles for loss, but they have made some plays and they're better than where I thought they'd be uh, in terms of like what my eyeballs expected to see. Yeah. Um, and to your, to the point about young defensive backs, those guys are doing it still. I mean, yeah. Jordan, 
Jordan Hansen, nearly 40 tackles, four pass deflections, safety. He's been on the campus two years. Dylan Thomas, just kind of like hybrid safety cornerback type. Never really looked like he was going to find a role, and then he just did under Hammock. Jordan Gandy, local kid, he transferred back from South Dakota State. Immediate success. Eric Rogers, another athletic kid, really young. They're young. They're young all over the place. Yeah. And if they're doing this right now, the ceiling's pretty high for where they could be. Uh, last name of a player that we just don't spend enough time talking about for one reason or another. Um, it's a player that we talk about a lot, but I'm still going to do it. Justin Hall. Justin Hall, I, I want to point this out very quickly. We need to get this in before he breaks the record because he is at 301 career receptions. That is third all-time across all divisions. Number two is Andrew Kaminsky, I believe. His, uh, that's how it's pronounced. Uh, he's from D3 North Central. North Central, yeah. That's yep. in, uh, and then Cody Gustafson, Grove City, another D3 school, leads the category with 303. So he's going to, he's going to pass that of course, because he has caught a pass every game of his life. I'm just really fucking happy for him, man. Like instead of like talking about, uh, coach O going to the gym, instead of watching urban Meyer get grinded on at his own bar, instead of talking about the legal actions that Nick dumbass Rolovich is going to pursue at Washington State because he's too much of a baby to just, you know, do what's do the bare minimum and actually have a backbone about the whole situation that he's crying foul about. Celebrate Justin Hall. Celebrate the hell out of this guy who honestly should be in the NFL right now, but yeah. wanted to like really finish his college career the way he wanted to with the extra year that he was allowed to have. And he's taking full-ass advantage of it. And he's playing in a college system that wants the most out of him and is using him in different and fun and unique and just different ways. And I love... I, I, I've called him the Iron Man before. I've gone on about how great he is before. And I just want to do it right now because he is going to be uh, categorically one of the best receivers of all time after... What, what what do I say that after they lose to, uh, after they lose at home to Miami or something like that? <laughs> so make some time to watch him and appreciate him, please. And boom goes the dynamite. 